Hi, you're listening to the USC Christian Challenge podcast, produced by students and staff at the University of Southern California's Christian Challenge Student Ministry. We seek to connect and equip students to know Jesus, live lives honoring to Him, and make Him known to their community. Learn more about us at uscchristianchallenge.com and connect with us on social media at USC Christian Challenge. Welcome to Challenge. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to think a little bit about where we've been for the last three weeks. We started off, if you remember, in week one, we looked at the rich young ruler as he comes to Jesus and he says, you know, good teacher, what must I do? to inherit eternal life. And Jesus talks to him. And if you remember, as Jesus shares with him, basically what he does is he lays out and says, "Um, you know what? You need to just get rid of the things that are you're leaning on for support, that you're really leaning into for security. You need to come experience life. Come follow me. Get rid of that stuff. Come follow me. And then we read, it says, and he went away sad because he had a lot of stuff. And then we looked and we said, you know, what does it mean to be all in? And we talked about two things. And what I want to know from you, what, what are those two things? What, is it, what does it really mean with Jesus to be all in? I mean, we looked at two of them. What are they? The two things are that you glorify God and that you live your life so that others may live. Yeah. You live your life to glorify God, or as we looked in John 17, we saw that really means to reveal him. You live in your life in such a way so that you, in whatever you're doing, whether you're washing the dishes or studying for a test or dealing with a roommate, or you live your life in such a way that you really reveal God in that situation. And then You give your life in exchange for the same thing Jesus gave his in exchange for, which was people. And so we looked at that, and we we talked about that a little bit. And then the next week, when we we got back together, we looked at, oh, okay, well, actually that week, we talked about two things that hold you back from that. Let me me talk about those for a second with you. What, What are two things that tend to hold us back from being all in? There's probably lots of things that hold us back, but we highlighted two of them. What were the two things we highlighted? Uh, we talked about comfort and individualism. Yeah, that's exactly. Boy, that is spot on. You know, we talked about comfort. We tend to think and we tend to assume that our comfort is our capacity. And the truth is, our capacity is always far greater than just our comfort level. And so we miss out on a lot of what God has for us sometimes because we 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 just confuse those two. We talked about individualism. Individualism is just... We assume that what we want is what's best and that God should get on that page. And the truth is, what God knows is what's best, and we should want it. And so, you know, learning to be all in, you have to deal with comfort, and you have to deal with individualism. And then we began to look at the need for labors the next week. And and Jesus' solution to the problems in the world that he witnessed was what? What was his solution? Labors. Labors, yeah. He said the harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. The labors are few. So let me ask you a question. We looked at five reasons why people don't tend to be labors. Do you remember any of those? What were the five reasons people don't tend to be labors? It's hard work. Hard work. 
Oh, good night. Yeah. I mean, there's a good reason they call it labor because it's labor. We don't like the name laborer. That's exactly right. You know, if he would have said, hey, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the CEOs are few. You know, we'd have gone, hey, I'm a CEO. Yeah, that's me. You know, that's the title. I like that title. You know, that's not what he said. Labors, you know, labors. So we don't like the title. What else? We don't pray for labors. Yeah, we don't pray for labors. I mean, you find people praying all sorts of things. They'll pray like, you know, God, send revival. God, do this. God, do that. Well, those are good, but, you know, revival will come a whole lot faster if you have labors, you know? I mean, you know, honestly, you know, so, yeah, we don't pray for it. What else? The enemy opposes laborers. Oh, yeah. The enemy always strikes at the thing that's most strategic, you know? We talked about that. No one bombs Choctaw, Oklahoma, you know? No one says, we need to take out the United States. Let's focus on Choctaw. No one does that. Why? Choctaw is not that significant, okay? I mean, it's just straight up not. So, you know, the enemy knows that. He goes after what's significant. He goes after laborers. Why else? We talked about another one. We don't have the right focus. Yeah. Often we don't have the right focus. Honestly, a lot of times we're looking for something that really makes us look good instead of simply looking at the very thing that God said was needed, which is laborers, you know? We're looking at something. We're looking at numbers or something instead of figuring out where's the, my man, where's my woman, where's the one I'm building into. So a lot of times we miss it. Then the next week we began to look at what is the work of a labor? And, you know, we looked at two different things there. We looked at what is the goal? What is it that we're shooting for in laboring? What, what is the one goal that doesn't matter who we're working with? This is the goal. What, what is that? Present every person complete in Christ. That's exactly to present everyone mature, to present everyone complete in Christ. So it doesn't matter where they are, where they're starting from. I mean, they're going to start in a lot of different places because everybody's someplace different. So wherever they are, we start right there and we work towards that end. And we talked about there's basically three things that a laborer is doing on a consistent basis. What are those three things? Uh, laborers love people. Mm-hmm. Laborers yeah. share the gospel. Laborers share their lives. Boy, that is exactly right. You know, First Thessalonians two eight. Laborers love people. Laborers share the gospel with people, and laborers share their lives. You get close enough to few enough that you can really impact their life. See, more time spent with fewer people will yield greater results in the kingdom. So you need to really invest your life in a few others. And that's one of the things I want us to begin to unpack a little bit tonight. And I want you to think, so put your thinking caps on. And what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to just take some time and kind of, you know, journey through seven questions. Now, I know in the first one, it's going to seem like there's two questions. So you'll have to count those as half question each. But, you know, it's going to be basically seven questions. So you know, what I, I want us to do is take some time and, and look through that. And that's what we'll kind of do with the remainder of our time. So today, when you look today, there is just north of 7 billion people in the world. 7 billion people. Now, I mean, how in the world did we get 7 billion people in the world? I'm not, I'm not looking for like, you know... Uh, 
you know, sex education classes here. I'm aware of that. I mean, what I'm wondering is, have you ever thought about that? How in the world did we end up with 7 billion people in the world? What do you think? How did that happen? God's hand. God's hand? Okay. We just get more kids than we have parents per family. You know, we tend to get more kids. We do. Good night. I mean, have you just noticed everybody kind of chips in? Everybody kind of just, you know, contributes a few. Some more than others. But I mean, you know, you're just sitting there, you're finding out, you know what? Everybody does a few. Second question. Do you think anybody that felt any sort of responsibility for those 7 billion people in the world had a thought like, if I don't have at least 30 or 40 kids, I'm really a slacker. What do you think? I, I would say no. Yeah, I'd say no. I'd, I'd say no. I'd say, you know, no one really thought, man, I have got to make this Herculean effort at having children. Now, I mean, there are a few that have made Herculean efforts at that, but I don't think that is something that, you know, people set out to do. I think, you know, you just look up one day and good night. Everybody doing their part. There's 7 billion people in the world. Now, my third question for you is, how do you see the brilliance of God? How do you see the wisdom of God? in his simple formula of labors. How do you see that? It's kind of the same model as children. You know, if everyone does their part, then the amount of laborers grow who make more laborers. Bingo. Bingo. Good night. I mean, you start looking, you know, it's not like you need to sit around and think, oh my gosh. I need to get out in front of Tommy Trojan and see if I can, you know, reach about 100 people a day. No, that was never the thing. Jesus did not say, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but those that are speaking are few. No, the harvest is plentiful, but laborers are few. So in the wisdom of God, what he saw is this. If you invest your life in some others, and you begin to pour into them, and you in turn, in pouring them, just like exactly like was mentioned by, I think it was Audrey there a minute ago, if you pour your life into others, just like you pour your life into a kid when you have a kid, you pour your life into them, and you raise them up, then one of these days, guess what? You have grandkids. I mean, like I know, I was like, we had four kids. And good night, I turn around. Now we have like 11 grandkids. I don't even want to think about I mean, great grandkids, good night. You know, we're allowed to have like, you know, a passel of them. I'm not even sure what they call them at that point, a gaggle, uh, something. We're allowed to have a lot of them. But the bottom line is this, you know, it's because they're just doing their part. They're doing what they ought to be doing. And the wisdom of God in that is, you know what? There's no pressure on you that you need to be this massive producer. You just need to be intimate enough with God and walk closely enough with him and invest your life in people enough that you do your part. So the next question, how many Christians are in the world today? 
You can take a wild guess if you want. One point two billion. That's a guess. You know, one point two billion would be a fairly good guess. I mean, I guarantee you, one point two billion. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on you know what position you take and who all you throw in there. Somewhere between one point two and two point five, but. You know, let's go for the lower number. Let's say 1.2 billion people in the world. 1.2 billion. Now, let's just be real honest. Let's say out of those 1.2 billion people in the world, that 1% have really decided they're going to be laborers. Not 20, not 25, not, you know, 50. Let's say 1% of those 1.2 billion have decided that they're going to be laborers. And let's say out of those 1.2 billion one percenters, let's say that out of those they're all working with someone right now. All those, it would be like roughly 14 million. They're working with someone, but let's say it's going to take them a while. Let's say it's going to take them three years. And in three years, they pour their life, they pour their heart, they pour their soul into someone else and really help them. And then at the end of those three years, those people and those people they've been working with each work with somebody else. And they take three more years to do that. How long do you think it would take us to reach 7 billion people in the world with them only, I mean, every three years they have another one? So how long would it take to reach 7 billion people with that happening? Maybe within our lifetime. Yeah, you know what? If you do the math on it, what you find is this. About 30 years. About 30 years. Now, the question, <laughs> the question that begs to be answered is, holy cow. 30 years, and we could have this thing done. Well, what the heck? I mean, why isn't it done? Oh, well, to quote someone famous, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Men and women, um, the reason that it's not already done. And the reason that we're not experiencing what eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into our hearts, all that God has prepared, is because the labors are few. Now, my question for you next would be, why be a laborer? Why be one? I mean, good night. It doesn't sound like people are throwing each other out of the way to do this. So, I mean, why be a laborer? Because Jesus commanded us to. And if we reach the whole world, by definition, we can 
I don't know if that would like increase his return faster and we can experience heaven faster. Um, I don't know if that's right. You know, that's really true. I mean, the real truth is, you know what? So others can live. I mean, there's a whole lot of people that right now they get up and every single day they just make it through life for that day. And a lot of them are sitting right here tonight thinking, if only I can go be a part of this, or if only I can get this job, or if only I can get this internship, or if only, you know, I get this class, or if only I get this boyfriend or this girlfriend, or if only I get, then life will come together. Men and women, what I would strongly, strongly admonish you and encourage you in is this. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, he wasn't giving a burden to bear. He was giving an opportunity to grasp. He was saying, do you want to experience life? Do you want to experience life to the full where you see people come to life, and then you have a hand in raising them. I mean, if you ever want to see what that's like, go to a hospital ward where parents are welcoming their kids into the world for the first time. I mean, you you will see people, and they're looking, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is the most beautiful baby ever in the world. I don't care if there's 7 billion. There's now 7 billion and one, and this one is the cutest one. And they sit there and... They lose sleep over these. They lose food over I mean, they just lose money over them. I mean, they lose all kinds of things. And you know what? If you ask them all, you know what they'll say? Oh, worth it. Worth it, worth it, worth it, worth it. And you want to really see them get excited? Wait till those kids grow up and have kids. Oh, my gosh. As my wife says sometimes, she says, you know, the one thing in the world that is not overrated is grandkids. And I said, what do you mean? That marriage, right? She said, you know, grandkids. And I think, okay, well, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not hurt. Uh, you know, but it's, it's one of those things, guys. I mean, honestly, Jesus was giving us an opportunity saying, would you like to experience what real life is about? And would you like to be there in the delivery room? And would you like to be there in the trenches raising them? Because that's where life is found. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest field. And then, you know, this last question, I don't want you to answer out loud. I want you just to think about. But what I want you to think about is what will you do? I don't care about anybody else around you. What will you do with your life? What are you going to invest it in? Stuff? I mean, that's what the one guy decided, wasn't it? He went away because he had a lot of stuff. A lot of us, you know, many of you, you may have grown up with parents with stuff, and you just thought, I wish they'd focus on me instead of stuff. And yet some of you 
as you move towards the workforce are just thinking, I need stuff. And you don't remember that that never met a need in your life in the first place. So I want you to think about, you know, of all the things I could do with my life, what is it that I really am choosing to do with mine? What am I going to give it to? And where is that going to take me? Thanks for listening to the USC Christian Challenge podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to us and give us a five-star rating on iTunes because it really helps us to reach others with these resources. Once again, you can learn more about us at uscchristianchallenge.com or find us on social media at USC Christian Challenge.